die from the floor where I have fallen the fuck out and I'm not able to get up right now. Uh, after the foolery of episode four, I mean, damn, then they just hit you with it. All right, I'm just going, I'm, I'm going I'm to double back and we're going to talk about everything else later. Let's just talk about the meat and potatoes. <laughs> uh, damn, Patrice. Patrice. So you, Patrice. All right, on, on two fronts, Patrice is wrong. And I mean, hella wrong, dead wrong. First of all, you stole money from your child. Secondly, didn't. Correct me if I'm wrong, y'all, but didn't Mercedes have 50K? And you only took 20K, $20,034.58 out the bank from the church. From the church. When you ran off and used the church money or Mercedes money, probably Mercedes money, but I want to know what the rest of it is because I swear she said she had 50 stacks. All right? Right. And you use that money to go buy the same building that your daughter was going to buy. You bought her building and made it your church. Oh, you know the evil that's going to be in there. I don't know what kind of church that's going to be. That's going to be an evil, evil, just just all kind of nastiness inside of there. Just, no, no, you're going to have to sage that. I don't even know if saging that's going to work. That's just terrible terrible but i'm not gonna lie to y'all the one thing i did like how she did was how she walked out of that church in the way that she did he didn't give her the pulpit right so she took it over patrice took over the pulpit did her own thing and talk about the sins of man and how people eventually got what's coming to them right that's what she told that's what she said which i found like ironic you're, you're talking to the pastor about people doing wrong and then how everybody's going to have to be bowed and judged, you know, yada, yada, yada. But what is you doing? What are you doing? So uh, that was that was the big thing. Um, yikes. All right. I'm good now. I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Y'all going to have to give me a moment on this. There were some other things going on this episode. Um let me just let me just start from the beginning here in my notes, because uh, there's a lot that I want to talk about. And uh, the Patrice part is out the way now. So the big fight at the end where she, you know, messed Patrice up and ended up going to jail and everything else like that. that that's over. But that that tussle was bound to happen. Whew. All right. We're good. I almost want to start over again. Like I almost want to do a whole nother introduction now that I got that out of the way. <laughs> just just keep going with the rest of this. But. All right, Mississippi and Freckles. Dude in the suit, remember? In the club. Who steps in again? Diamond. But he needed to this time because dude was, he was definitely on some some stuff. I don't know. But, you know, he, he wanted to save, essentially. You know, he wanted to take Mississippi out of there. And he's right. Mississippi is a very beautiful girl. She is. Um, but he wanted to save her. And then he tried to degrade her for doing low-life stuff by throwing the money at her. Now, that's not low-life stuff that she's doing, to be dead honest with you. But the way he threw that money at her, you you knew how he felt about it. And that's when Diamond stepped in and, and yoked him up and made her respectfully hand over the money and apologize. So once again, Diamond out here saving people. And especially Mississippi. You, you know he got something for her. He got something special. He would have done it for all the girls, but he had something special for Mississippi. Um... 
I do agree with what Mercedes said that if he felt that way, that this was wrong or whatever, why is he up in the club? I thought that was a really good point. Um, and I thought it was a, a, a model to life too, that people judging you don't need to be in your space, period. You knew what that was when you came up in here. I know some of us got family members like that. I say us because all of us, we all got family members that probably don't like what we do in some way, shape or form. But yet you, you in my space. Why are you in my space? So I, I appreciated Mercedes definitely saying that um, and taking the time to tell Miss, uh, Mississippi that. Sorry, these M's is throwing me off. Um, yeah. Haley. Haley, Haley, Haley. She washed the money in the liquor, right? At first, I thought she was throwing the liquor away. Like, she about to give up this drinking. Because you know that girl got a drinking problem. So she, you know, I was like, yeah, she giving up the drinking. Nah, I was wrong. She washed the money in liquor. So she could take it to the bank and throw people off from where it came from. Because it smells like a club. And even the lady in there said, dang, I didn't know y'all was making this much money at the pink. You know, like, dang. <laughs> it's good. She's smart. And uh, there's something about her, like I told you all the, I'll tell you all the time, um, she she's smarter than the average cookie. You know what I'm saying? I want I want her backstory. I don't want her backstory because I don't like her, but I want her backstory. She she's a lot smarter than the average person. Not even woman, just person in general. Like you doing some real cutting corners kind of shit, homie. What you used to do before you became pushed out by the storm? I guess metaphorically and literally before you, you got pushed out and had that, that fight with the guy, what were you doing before the storm hit? What were you doing? So anyway, she deposited about $28,000. Actually, the number is $28,675.02. I told you I stop and I look at stuff. So that's her first drop. Now, can we assume $9,000 of that was from, you know, whatever? Sure. Probably a little more than that. But that's a lot of money, right? Um, I also want to talk about Mercedes and this dance team thing. The real estate agent, y'all. Oh, that real estate agent, there's a, there's a lot of metaphors. And the metaphor I got from the real estate agent was simply this. It was disrespectful. You're supposed to be selling me a building. You don't have to worry about nothing else. you selling me a building. If I want to sell it or I want to rent it, it don't matter. But for you to sit here and shoot my dreams down saying that's a lot of money, you know, to, to be doing a dance team. That's none of your goddamn business. None of your business. Do it or don't. I'll find somebody else to do it. But once again, not just within the black community, but just in society in general, we always got time to tell somebody what's going to work and what's not going to work. Shutting their dreams down instead of just rolling with them. If it fail, it fail. Oh, well, at least you tried. Like I tell people all the time, there's there's no sense in telling somebody that something's going to fail so they don't do it. Because even if you fail, you get some some lessons from that. You get some experience from that. You be, you become a better person through a failure than you ever will from not attempting to try at all. All right? So that's what I feel about that situation. I didn't like that real estate agent. Um, oh, God. <laughs> that gym, that whole gym situation. And Mercedes had a plan, y'all. Did y'all realize that? Her plan was that she's not selling dance lesson she's selling an experience the same thing that she's doing in the club so she's modeling her business and and watering it down for families of young girls who want to experience things because they you know think about it that dance team was going to travel they were going to be out there doing things you know 
that's an experience and you can't fault Mercedes for that. Actually, I think it's a good idea. Why? Because we got a lot of that shit right now. How many of y'all got daughters or, 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 you know, daughters on a dance team and they travel or you got sons and travel sports? It's the same thing. You paying for an experience. <laughs> so uh, I can't say that she's wrong for that. And I actually would like to see her get it off the ground. I really would. But nevertheless, we're now burdened with the idea that we know where the title of this episode comes from. The Trap. It's a trap because Mercedes ain't never going to make it out. God knows she ain't never going to have her last dance. She's really not. And I really hate to say that, but it's the truth. But uh, anyway, let's get back to Gidget and Haley. And remember last episode, I was talking about Haley's going to have to find a friend in the club to somebody to, you know, help her. And I swear I said it wasn't going to be Gidget. <laughs> so to see Gidget training Haley on the pole when I was watching this episode, I was like, Damn, I was wrong. <laughs> so mark that down. That's that's a, a one in the L column for me. Um, Gidget is training Haley on the pole, especially after Haley fell her drunk ass out the pole last time. And the strippers are talking about the pink shutting down. And Haley warns Cliff about, you know, you may win the battle, but you're not going to win the war. Like it's so much bigger than just getting the pink. Even if you happen to get the pink, they're still going to find another way to get you. So we're talking about this because they're in there. If you're paying attention to the words, they're saying that the Mississippi casinos have to be built on water. Andre wants promised land to make an offer for the pink. To buy the pink out just outright. Promised land doesn't want to do that because they know the club is going to be shutting down soon. Why? Because as we talked about last time, Todd L. Ruffin is in with the Kyles and the Kyles are in with you know, promised land to know that, hey, this deal is going to go down. We're working as we can, however we can to shut down the pink so you won't have to buy it. Andre definitely speaks his mind on how white folks think about black folks in this situation. Um, And for the show, he stresses it to Bill when he said there's no need to pay top dollar when he's going to go to the auction block, which is a it's a slave reference again. <laughs> And even Tydell Ruffin was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that what you think? And no, 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 Tydell, I didn't mean it like that. Y you didn't. But that's what you said. And it was very obvious. There's there's so many double entendres in this show, especially with the picking cotton thing. And there's no need to pay top dollar when it's going to go to the auction anyway. We'll just get it on auction cheaper. Like, come on, it's there. So after they get off the phone with Bill, in this meeting, you know, Tidell's upset. Mayor Ruffin is upset. And he is stressing to Andre the importance of getting this job done. He wants the deed done and he wants it taken care of. And whatever he's got to do to bargain with this thing, speaking of Uncle Clifford, it needs to get done. All right. Uh... That's going to be something in, in itself we talk about later. I, I want to make a mention of Terika's <laughs> punishment from the party, right? If y'all caught this, Terika's punishment was literally on voicemail for everyone to hear. When you called her cell phone to be like, oh, girl, you got caught at the party. Her mama literally was on the phone telling everybody that she was on punishment, no matter who called. Shout out to Terika Mama Shell. 
um, well, the mother, the woman that's raising her right now. Um, and I say right now because I hope Mercedes gets her back. But then again, at the same time, looks like she's in good hands. I say that now. I'm uh, probably going to be wrong again. I don't know. But uh, we'll see because this is, like I said, this is a drama. We'll see what happens. But um, I like that. And I like that because that's what my mama did to me. Shout out to my mom who always let people know when I did wrong by making me tell them that I did wrong. <laughs> and if I didn't tell them, she would. Especially when you have friends come to the door. Hey, can he come outside and play? Nah, he can come downstairs and tell you why he can't come outside, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was, I definitely laughed at that part. I felt that good moms do stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, you, you want to act stupid? Tell him what you did. Tell the world what you did. Tell him why you, you can't come outside. <laughs> but uh, I like the fact that pretty much in a nutshell, she took care of Terika in such a way. And yes, she was gone because she went to go see her friend or whatever else like that. But she, she definitely tightened Terika up, I think. All right, so we back in the club. I did, my bad, I had to tell you that. We back in the club, and the strippers don't like Haley. They really don't, and I can't blame them. She she does seem a little off-put, sadiddy, and not a part of the team. If you look at her interaction, she very much so, so separates herself from everyone else. And it's not a stripper better than, stripper less than. It's a family in that club. But she literally isolates herself. And she doesn't make herself a part of the family. So because you're not a part of the family, they don't like you. At least that's what I see. And then on the other hand, we have Mercedes who's schooling Gidget in Mississippi about stacking bread. Right. And saying that she's been stacking her bread and that's why she's going to be able to retire. And this is stripping is not something you can do for forever. And that kind of upsets Gidget, who I don't know if she thought she was going to be able to do it forever or not. <laughs> but, uh. Maybe she did. And I, honestly, looking at the, the mindsets of these three women, let's, let's break this down for a second. Mercedes was never going to do this shit forever. This was an ends to a means for her, right? She needed the money. She's like, okay, this is going to do it. I'm going to stack my coin and then I'm out. I'm leaving on my own terms and I'm not going to be a slave to the club, so to speak. On the other hand, Gidget. Gidget was just doing it. At least that's what it seems like. There was never any plan to do better or worse or change or do anything else. Gidget was just like, hey, I'm going to do this shit until I can't do this shit. But until I can't, I'm going to keep doing it. I don't have an exit plan. I don't have a strategy. I don't have anything. I'm just going to keep doing it. And I don't think she really accounted for Tom. And our, of course, in our last episode, we were talking about Gidget used to be a cheerleader at Ole Miss. And I said, well, what happened to her? I kind of want a story. I kind of don't. I think this kind of sums it up for me. Maybe her time just came to an end as a cheerleader and it caught her off guard. She didn't have any plans. Maybe she didn't graduate. Maybe she did. Don't know. But where are you at now? What are you doing? Did you have a plan before you got here? Mercedes was really, you know, shooting them with this and, and not in a bad way, like in a good way. And then for Mississippi, Mississippi definitely doesn't have a plan. She's just out here getting Skrilla no matter what. And with her getting her paper and stacking it, she's not stacking it. She's just getting it and blowing it. That's why she's out here buying Regal, all this expensive stuff. And if you remember, whoever was picking her up in the parking lot was driving old busted Prius. So it's not like they putting their money in the right places. Because, 
uh, for the most part, I can, I'm willing to guess that she's not living in a big house somewhere or that she's not living bill free or excuse me, that she is living bill free. I don't think she is. I don't think her money's in the right place has been put in the right place. Other words, we'd be seeing different from her. But just what they show us of her, her personality, her spending habits, how she's always talking about this, that, and the third, you know, you shouldn't be spending your money on this, that, and the third and talking about that stuff. And you clearly don't have any stashed away for a rainy day because that's why Mercedes is telling you all of this. Speaking of which, the whole time um, Mercedes is telling them about, you know, schooling them about things, she's secretly hating on her. She's secretly hating on Haley, right? She's hating on the fact that in her car, she's saying Haley walk around like she carrying 10 stacks on her and like she's some, some high sedity bitch, but she really broke, right? The truth of the matter is you can't never count nobody else coin because Haley ain't broke. We saw that when she dropped that money in the bank. The irony is once again, that's that colorism, the light skin and the dark skin, Hating on the light skin girl. But I say that and it, it makes me laugh because Haley ain't broke. And in all actuality, Mercedes is the one that's actually broke. I mean, it even took me a minute to realize that in the show because I was laughing when she said that because I was like, yeah, she is broke. No, she's not. Haley's not broke. You broke, unfortunately. And you broke because you're giving your mama all that money. Who's your mama's still not answering the phone, by the way. And now. The realtor's calling you to say that you have a competing offer on your gym space. And I'm just like, hmm, okay. Didn't know it was mama, but whatever. So Mercedes comes in for what would have been her, you know, last dance. The girls still aren't talking to her because they're mad. She's, you know, she's leaving. And she did so in such a way, like she's telling them pretty much, I got my shit together, so I'm out this bitch. Fuck y'all, I'm out. But she walks in and nobody's talking to her. They're giving her an attitude, but they really did a nice job sending off her locker. They, they decorated it and they almost made her cry and mess up her mascara. And it was, it was dope that the girls all chipped in to make sure Mercedes looked her very best on her last night. Everybody. Um, of course, Kitch is still in her feelings about it. Mississippi's unsure about her future, you know, um, because they're the Trinity, right? So if there ain't no more Trinity, I don't know what a double thing is i guess it's just a group a duo but they're not headliners none of them are that's mercedes mercedes is the headliner right so the whole episode is about a retirement setup or a future plan and it was it was meaningful because this is for all of us y'all at at some point we're all going to have to stop doing what we're doing now and figure out the next bag everybody um, and if you think right now that, oh, I'm getting money right now, I'm going to stay getting money. Cool. But even getting money has to change. I mean, hell, look at Blockbuster. Blockbuster thought they had it all until Netflix came along, right? Something is always changing. So even if you get money now, you're going to have to figure out a different way to get it later. And that's what this whole episode was. It's it's you get money now. You got to have a, a way to figure out how to get the same money later or different money later. But uh, speaking of Mercedes, she she was needed in this episode because before she even got into that shit with her mama, Little Murder needed her to bless his track and play it. 
And I thought that was pretty meaningful because he knows who runs the club. It is Uncle Clifford, but it's actually Mercedes. And that's why he went to her. Mercedes actually knew that she probably wasn't going to be out of strip. And I know I said earlier, it's never going to be her last dance. That's because of the scene where she offered to stay longer to help Uncle Clifford get out, you know, get out from under that debt. And it was not for Uncle Clifford to get out from under the debt, y'all. It really wasn't. It was a little bit of insecurity that she wasn't quite sure what she was going to do afterwards. Like, yeah, I got the gym now and I can teach these girls to dance, but this money is my money. This money is the money that I know. At least that's my idea. If y'all y'all feel differently, like I said, hit me up. But you wouldn't. Hell, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Dead ass. For my job right now, I'm not going to ask them to stay longer when I get to the retirement point. <laughs> if you really want to put money on it, I'll put money on it. When my time comes for 20 years on the dot, I'm hitting the button. I'm not going to go back into the, you know, the, the senior ranking person's office and be like, if you need me to stay longer. No, sir. Not me. I'm gone. So I, I think that was really her not knowing what she wanted to do with her life. And we see that a lot. We see that a lot with people that have the option to leave and they talk about it for so long. And then when it's time for them to leave, they there for so much longer. It happens. I see it all the time. But um, yeah, the whole episode is a setup for retirement and transitioning. Um, and not in the sense of retiring permanently, but at least leaving that particular place. Um Mercedes, her quote was dope. Clock the exes in this bitch because you never know when you might have to turn a closed door into a window. And I like that, right? I like that she said that. But let's let's look at Mercedes because this episode is really heavy on her. Mercedes is all about saying one thing and doing another. And she's an OG. But look at it. The other episode, she told her mama, you never tell a bitch your plans. But yet you telling your mama your plans. Your mama was the one that screwed you over. You got to clock the exits in this bitch. You never know when you might have to turn a closed door into a window. Right? And what did Haley tell her? Haley said, well, don't get caught trying to climb back in. But what was she doing in the back with Uncle Clifford? Saying that if I need to stay longer, I can. You was already climbing in before you left. You had a foot out the door and you was already trying to run into the window and climb back in. But yeah. Um, once she was out and we're talking about leaving, she was already replaced. Y'all realize that, right? Hold on. Let me let me sip on this tea. She was she was out. Mercedes was out the door. Because she got called to go take care of that competing offer. And Uncle Clifford was like, next bitch up. That's really what he said, or she said. Excuse me, my my pronouns, y'all. Just don't get offended if I say he, she. It, it, they fluctuate. I know he's fluid. I'm getting that. I'm understanding that. I get it. But Mississippi steps up, right? And when Mississippi steps up, what the fuck do we realize? We realize that Mississippi is way more talented than Mercedes. Like, Mercedes is very physical on that pole. Like, I'm, I'm starting to peep everything. Gidget's all right. All the rest. Toy, let me tell you real quick. I'm going to step off. And I know I jump off subject, y'all. Just, just rock with me. Toy ain't a stripper. She's a professional wing eater. I don't see Toy stripping. She might be dancing and grinding on somebody's lap, but she stay eating some wings. Even while she dancing. And that's why she's so gassy. That's not a joke. Y'all know she gassy. Y'all see her every time. Uh, But anyway, Gidget, we see Gidget dance. And Gidget is pretty decent 
she's decent enough to be like number three out of the Trinity. She ain't number two. She ain't number one. But now when we look at the Trinity, you really think. Dang, the way they did that when they were practicing was a metaphor or a reference to their position in the group. Mercedes is on top, right? But Mississippi is the support and she's actually holding Mercedes up. And underneath Mississippi is Gidget. I'm just saying, if you didn't realize it, I did at least. Hold on. Let me stretch. I should have stretched before I reached just now. But uh, yeah, I'm reaching. But I feel that's I feel that's accurate. I feel like they really have their rankings in the group. And that's how it goes. And Mississippi's gone. Uh, excuse me. Mercedes is gone. And Mississippi, Mississippi steps up. And when Miss Mississippi steps up, she's good. Like she hits that old Sasha Fierce Beyonce joint where she gets out there and she starts working and she totally loses herself in her routine. And by the time she comes back to it's over and everybody's standing and applauding and she feels it. She feels the love. Now, I want to say something about her dancing. Acrobatic. uh, Very technical, but smooth. Like, uh, I can't. I know this is a bad reference, y'all, but this is this is how I correlate it. I'm a huge basketball fan, and when I watch LeBron James, I appreciate him for his physicality. He is an athlete. He is a beast. That's Mercedes. But I'm also a fan of finesse and, and just smoothness. Back in the day, we had a guy named Dr. J. He wasn't bumping you and you know, just running over you and trucking you like an athlete. He was gliding around you. He was smooth as butter. He was finesse with his technique. Finger rolls just look like butter. I know y'all probably don't get that. That's fine. If you do, you understand what I'm saying. However, that's the difference that I recognize. Mercedes grinds on the pole. She's very physical. She's very athletic. Mississippi is not any of that. Mississippi is a dancer that happens to dance around the pole. She is a gymnast, essentially. Right. So she's it now. And y'all see those those phones going up and everybody, you know, the guy in that. Shit, oh, she almost better than Mercedes. Bitch, you better stop. That's blasphemy. As the girl said. But is she? Yeah, she really is. Because her, her technical approach to it is so much different and so much better than Mercedes. All right. So there it is. There's a changing of the guard in the pink. Mercedes is out. Mississippi's in. I don't know who the number two is going to be because the damn show ain't Gidget. It might be Haley. That's why they was training her on the pole. Don't know. Um, Mississippi realizes her stardom after that. And remember, Mercedes was supposed to bless the track for Lil Murder that he'd been working on. Right? And he'd been putting his little heart into this track. God bless his little confused-ass heart. <laughs> he'd been putting his hard into this he, he was working with dj never scared you know what i'm saying never scared said that was slaw he had to work on him to get a beat and they came up with this fire song and i'm actually bumping it my bad i i know people gonna be like it's just a, a song from a show but whatever if y'all watch star or empire or whatever else y'all probably doing the same thing and no i don't watch any of those i can't I, I don't i can't get into them i know y'all gonna probably hate me for that but it's just not my cup of tea this one is i don't know how anyway I usually choose the money over love. It's dope. It's a dope song. The beat was banging. Uh, the words are pretty good. 
The chorus was extremely catchy and everybody in the club started jumping on it. And here's Lil Murder because he got tossed outside of the club, right, for fighting old boy because old boy called him a punk. He said, I hear you, everybody's punk. And they go they go to it. Little Murder gets tossed out the club. And outside the club, he hears that song. And the realization is that he's made it. But y'all, did he really? Has he really made it yet? I would say, yeah. I think this was a great time to analyze what certain people's dreams are. Some people have an idea to make it big, big, like international, world-level, global superstar. And other people just want to make a song that people like. And for right now, I think that's his dream. His dream is to make a song that people like and for him to be, you know, to Chuck Elisa King. Hell, sometimes you don't want to be the ruler of the world. You just want to be the ruler, you know, your little set, your town. And that's what this was tonight. It's, it's step one. Step one is to be here and be the man where I am. And that's where he, that's what he was. And, you know, he started tearing up and had to collect himself. And I think that's an ode to him as a person. You know what I'm saying? He wants to be emotional. He wants to be something different, but he can't. So he had to cut those tears out there and pretend to be hard, even though he looked somewhat goofy, (laughs) trying not to cry because he was overwhelmed with emotion that his song was finally getting played. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that's him in a nutshell. Try You look goofy trying to be something that you're not because you can't be yourself. The easiest thing in this world to be is yourself. The hardest thing in this world to be is somebody else. And that's clearly evident with Little Murder and in contrast to Uncle Clifford, per se, who can be himself. Uh, they're, they're literally the same person just living two different ways. Uncle Clifford is himself day and night little murders himself ah, i can't even say that little murder is little murder when he's around people and he's whoever his actual real name is you know when he's not around when he's with uncle clifford you know when he's at home he's whatever his name is which is not little murder but you know what i'm saying that's that's how it operates so the song is dope that's all i can say um and guess what? I think even if Mercedes wanted to bring her way back in, she can't come back in with the same attitude now after Little Murder Song and Miss Mississippi's dance. That's it. Because you didn't bless this track. Now the track's blessed. They gonna keep playing it. I mean, they was tearing it up. Mississippi dances better than you. So even if you were to come back, you would now come back as the number two, not the number one. I sincerely just think this episode was a, a, a great way to highlight a lot of things a lot of things we do we're talking about egos here we're talking about people you know giving life lessons to other people but yet they can't follow it themselves and the idea that sometimes we think we made it when we really haven't or did we um and i say that because i just told you about little murders thinking he made it and maybe he made it to where he wanted to but then we can turn around and say the same thing about mercedes she thinks she's made it I mean, she's at the door of retirement and she gets the rug pulled out from under her. And now she's got to go back and eat crow to the same people she was talking about stacking your money and yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm just going to briefly touch on Andre and and Haley. Of course, Andre ain't talking to Haley. 
because Haley set him up dirty, you know, with that club information. And now he's got problems with, with Tydell Ruffin because Tydell's like, yo, you, you let all this shit leak out of what we supposed to be doing. And remember, they were sitting at the table in the last episode saying they were supposed to be a hush-hush kind of thing. Well, Haley went and told Uncle Clifford. Uncle Clifford approached, you know, so-and-so. And now Uncle Clifford knows the value of his land, which is going to cause a problem for Promised Land. Because remember, Promised Land was trying to steal the land, per se, which is pretty much to pay about, what, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 for it, when really that land is worth well over a couple million, probably close to five. So he knows that now. Um... And of course, he's not talking to her, but Haley kind of feels bad. I don't know. I, I'm I'm still trying to figure out if this is real Haley or fake Haley or the acting Haley. You know what I'm saying? Um, and she talks to him out in the parking lot. And he said, I should have known to, to trust myself. I should have known not to trust myself with, with somebody who's just a stripper. And he, I mean, he digs at her, y'all. He says, you know, pretty much in a nutshell, stop being a thought. Go back home and take care of your kids. And it was a just a horrible shot because her being a stripper doesn't mean she's a thought, nor that she doesn't take care of her kids. But, you know, this hit a string with her because she lost her child. We know that. And they talked about that when she talked about the C-section and he talked about his heart being born on um, his heart being on the outside when he was born. So, of course, her, her best comeback after that is, you know, feelings is hurt. So she cries and she starts hitting him and she's yelling out, you know, screw you, Andre. And Andre has to realize, like, dang, I'm not this kind of guy. I That was wrong. Yada, yada, yada. And he consoles her, which I found kind of hard. Because after you tell me something like that, you ain't, you're ain't you not going to console me after you turn around and broke me. So that was an interesting setup between the two of them. The other thing I, I made a note on is I was trying to clock how much Haley was doing. Because, you know, in the beginning of this, we said she did like 20-something thousand dollars. But... I know for sure she had six money transfers at about nine K a pop. That was after she had the $28,000 turn in. So really right now, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know, I was not the top of my class in math. I'm just saying you got about $54,000, right? Nine times six is about 54. All right. So that's 54 K. Plus the 30K that you turned in. You you sitting on damn near $80,000 right now. <clears throat> I clear my throat for a reason. I know we're not supposed to do that in podcasts and stuff like that. But y'all peep that number. That was that was purposeful why I did that. So you got about 80K right now. How much is the pink in the hole for? Yeah. All right. Patrice took $20,000 supposedly out of the 50, which leaves... For Mercedes, which leaves thirty thousand, so you got about eighty-five thousand dollars, but yet you got fifty-five to pay Clifford off and get the pink out the hole, and you got the thirty thousand, which is enough for to give old girl her twenty thousand, which is the difference in the fifty thousand that she lost, and then you got a little money left over. Y'all don't see this? I know y'all see this. Like I said, y'all ask. Just I'm not the mathematician. I just see. I just see how I think it's going to go. If I was writing a story, it would probably be boring because y'all could probably see it too. But this ain't boring. It's just understanding what people would do. And in that situation, if I was Haley, yeah, I see a come up on the pink on the horizon. And I could also see helping somebody out. I don't know why she would help her. Maybe she would get the gem in the pink and now she has a lot of land in Chuckalissa. 
that's just what I see. Anyway, at the end of this, Mercedes gets arrested, right? And uh, she she busts her mama ass pretty good in that parking lot. There's no other things you could do but throw hands. I would never fight my mama. But I then again, my mama would never do that to me. I, I'm just saying. If I gave my mama $20 and said I need my $20 back, she would never short me and be like, here, well, first of all, what you need your money for? My mom would probably give me $25 back out of the 20 I gave her. But Mercedes' mama's different, so it is what it is. Um, last thing, a little murder outside. I don't know if it was just because he was hyped over the night, but uh, he tells Cliff that that song was for him. And Cliff says, sure it was. He confesses his his love interest. I'm not going to say it's love. His love interest for Uncle Clifford. And uh, they show it too. And before y'all start tripping on me because I said, uh, no. No. The, the love scene does not bother me. The, the, the Whatever scene it was, don't bother me. Let me tell you what does though. I don't know. I'm weird. I'm going to be honest. This is a candid podcast. So I'm going to be honest with you. But I skip over all love scenes. And I know y'all don't believe me. I promise you that's just true. There's nothing more awkward than watching two people you don't know do stuff on, whether it's TV or in front of you. And not saying I saw anybody do it in front of me because I would probably leave the room anyway. But I don't like that shit. <laughs> man and woman, woman and woman, man and man, whatever. Six people with all different, you know, sexes, whatever. I don't care. I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> it makes me feel awkward. I'm that person and it starts happening. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> and turn around and walk out. So it's not that the episode or that part of the episode was bad. It's just me being me. I'm, I'm sort of an old prude until you get to know me. Then, you know, I'm not a prude at all, but I'm, I'm a prude publicly. <laughs> but no, the episode overall was good. There's a lot to take from this. Um, I'm, I'm ready for the next episode. Actually, I'm not. I probably need to sit down and uh recover from Patrice because Patrice was a lot uh, I might start having to use this bomb sound effect quite often but that, uh I can't say it was a bomb though it just wasn't I saw it coming I knew she we knew we all knew everybody watching everybody listening we all knew she wasn't gonna get that money back right she wasn't giving that money back but damn we did not expect her to steal her own daughter's money and then steal her own daughter's location and in efforts of taking that money and the same location, you stole her dreams. You really stole her dreams. But anyway, so that's episode four. We're going to get on to episode five. But once again, I appreciate you being here, listening, taking the time to send messages for the people who call and we talk about P-Valley. Shout out because y'all know we get some interesting conversations in. And I know I'm behind and y'all ahead, but y'all know what it is. I appreciate it. You have been listening to another episode of a Truly Candid Podcast. Thank you for being here.